You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Take your Bibles, please, Philippians chapter number four, Philippians chapter number four, and uh, boy, we can't say enough, give God the glory for things, huh? Goodness, that's amazing, uh, great song there, great truth, and uh, you know, so there's probably a lot of people in here that were giving God glory this week for some things, and uh, I hope that you were, absolutely, and uh, I was given, <clears throat> I'm thankful that uh, uh, you know, some of the stuff we see just shows me that maybe uh, you know, there's a little light in the tunnel in America. And uh, I know that uh, with the Supreme Court being super busy this week, and, uh, but uh, I, I think about things, I, I try not to think about things politically. I really don't. I, I, don't, I don't think politically is the right way to think about things, especially as a Christian. I think it's, you ought to think about things spiritually. And how does God view things? And I think God absolutely is happy that it's harder to kill innocent babies. I think that's an absolute thing to say that God would love. And, uh, and so I, I know that may be controversial for some people on a Sunday morning that are here, and I don't mean to be that, but I, I'm trying to get us to think biblically about things. And, uh, and so certainly, and I, there's so much scripture about that, I don't need to go into it, that's not my message this morning, but uh, I just wanted to make mention of that. I, I, I actually heard the news this week. I try, to, I try to keep a little bit updated on what's going on and catch headlines in the news for sure. But I'm looking around, and I see folks with us here. I see Brother Jeff back in church over here. And don't act like you didn't want me to single you out, Brother Jeff. You did. All right. But, uh, we're so glad Brother Jeff's back. And, and don't go up and pat Brother Jeff on the back or anything like that. He's dealing. He's got a broken bone. And so please just uh, from afar tell him that you love him and that you've, you've missed him here. And Brother Jeff, since you've been at home for all this time, I expect there's a ton of like pent-up amens in there just ready to go this morning and uh, we got brother Ethan Donahoe down here with a, a group that I'm looking forward to meeting right afterwards and I've known brother Ethan forever he's uh, from my wife's dad's church in Napa he's a youth pastor youth pastor right and uh, we're excited to have them here and then I see Jose and Kimberly in the back I met them yesterday out soul winning so God bless you glad to see you here today and if you are a guest and I missed you I hope to, to meet you please stick around and uh, let me talk to you after church just to meet you, okay? All right, that would be great. Now, I do notice here that uh, I have a message in my Bible that is not the message I'm preaching this morning. I printed the wrong message, and I'm just noticing it at this very exact moment. And uh, so we're going to have fun this morning. It's going to be great. And uh, you can guess what I'm preaching, and I'll guess what I'm preaching, all right? That'll be great. Actually... Mrs. Reynolds, if you could go, I'll get this thing started. I'm ready to go. I don't even think I need my notes, but it's on my, uh, my, my computer there, okay? So this is, this is a message I preached years ago, and uh, so you don't need that one, all right? But if you look at Philippians chapter number four, good thing I know my material this morning, all right? But I have some illustrations in there that I thought were good I wanted to give you, okay? And uh, the, 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 Brother Ethan, don't do this, okay? Make sure you are much more organized and actually look at your notes before you walk to the pulpit, okay? Philippians chapter number 4, if you look down, we're looking at verses 14 through 19. Next week, I won't be speaking out of Philippians, but the week after, we'll finish Philippians. 
And then um, after that, I've got another series that I want to do that's gearing us up for the month of August when there's going to be a lot of things going on and some excitement. I can't wait to get to, I'm looking forward to the summer, but I can't wait to get to Roundup Sunday to, uh, to introduce you to some new things that we're going to be doing, and I'm very excited about that. Philippians chapter 4, let's look at verse number 14 through 19. <clears throat> the Bible says, notwithstanding, and, and remember, right before we read this, we just read the most famous verse in this entire book. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, referring to contentment as we saw in the previous verses. And now Paul moves on, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a great, great verse. Let's pray together and we'll see what we're talking about this morning. Father, I thank you for today. <clears throat> thank you for visitors here. I thank you for people with us. I thank you for the Bible. And I pray now as we get into the book and as we study and look at what you're trying to get across to us here, <clears throat> that you would bless us. Help us to see it, God, as we ought to see it. Lord, I pray that we would get what the Bible has for us today and not just man's opinion. We do love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach this morning on every preacher's favorite topic to preach about. Giving. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because it is not every pastor's favorite message to preach about, okay? In fact, most preachers do not like preaching on the topic of giving. But I have to say, as we're going verse by verse through the Bible, you can't help but see how many times the Bible talks about us being givers. And uh, so I want to talk about that, and I don't want to talk so much today about tithing. I want to talk about generosity. And so the message today is the generosity of the church, the generosity of the local church. And, and, and so if you're unfamiliar with tithing, tithing is 10%. And in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, it talks about giving God when you get your paycheck, when, when you have earned something, and, and giving 10% of that to God. Every week of my life, I tithe. I give 10% of my income, at least 10% of our income, uh, uh, more than that, actually, uh, uh, to, to, to the church. And, and, you, and we give to missions and things like that. So that, w w with God, is, is the bare minimum. And this is, again, not a message on tithing. That, that uh, probably should be something I teach on more often just so people understand what it is. But I want you to know a couple things. First of all, I want you to know that Miss Renee is not mad. She's not leaving because she's mad, okay? I just want you to know that right there, first of all. But secondly, uh, I, I want you to know a couple things, all right? I want you to know that if you're a guest here with us today, we are not after your money. Become a member and we will be. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No, we, we are not. I, I'm really not. I, I'm really, really, really not. I don't, I don't like preaching on giving. In fact, if you, I, I don't mind preaching on giving. I don't shy away from it. But if you know me at all, I, I try to give us opportunities to give to special event and special needs things that come up. But I don't ever, ever put pressure on you. I never say, you better give. Right now, get the offering place. Right. No, 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 no. I don't do, I don't do that. Giving is a grace. 
It is something that is completely voluntarily, voluntary from you. And so, except for the tithe, God said do that, okay? But then the rest of this is what we're talking about today. I want you to see this thing of the generosity of the church. Let's go through a, a couple passages here. Look at uh, a couple of verses. Verse 14. Notwithstanding, ye did, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, the word communicate there is, is probably not the way that we would use it. It, it doesn't just mean, like, hey, I'm talking to you back and forth. It meant you didn't give back. You, you, you participated with me back and forth in this issue. You, you partnered with me or shared with me back and forth about this issue of, of giving. She so said, you did communicate well with my affliction, my trouble. So they associated with Paul in giving. Look at verse 15. Now ye Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel. Well, what's that mean? In the beginning of the gospel? What's he talking about? He's not saying, in the beginning when the gospel was first preached, you started giving. The beginning of the gospel, what he's talking about is, is when he first preached the gospel to the people of Philippi. That's Acts chapter 16. And he said, from that time, from the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. So no other church shared in or partnered with Paul's ministry. This was Paul's only supporting church as a missionary. He had one. Most missionaries, when they go out nowadays, they have 20, 30, 40 uh, uh, churches that are partnering with them. And you say, well, you know, some people think that uh, our churches only give, like, we give $100 at least to every missionary per month. That's not a big deal, right? $100 per month. But when you have 40 or whatever people doing that, you can then get that person supported. And people say, you know what? I've heard people criticize churches like ours and say, you do that just so you can say you've supported all these missionaries. No, no, no. It's actually more than that. It's smart. Because there's a lot of churches who go through financial difficulties and hard times and then change the way they do things and cut missionaries. And if you're the only church supporting a missionary and they're in, uh, you know, Afghanistan right now and we drop their support, guess what? They're dropped. But when you have 40 churches and one falls, you don't notice it as much. So that's kind of the reasoning there, a lot of that. Uh, but Paul had one church supporting him. Look at verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again to my necessity. I was reading this and thinking, why does he mention Thessalonica? Here's what's interesting about that. He mentions Thessalonica because if you read Acts chapter 16, where he preaches to the people at Philippi, and then you flip the page, you go to Acts chapter 17, the first place that Paul went after Philippi was Thessalonica. And so Paul said, look, even when I was at Thessalonica trying to plant a church there, you guys already started giving. You guys already started supporting me and, and have since then. And, and so they were giving faithfully from the very beginning and partnering with Paul as soon as he left them. That's a, great, that's a great testimony for this church. And Paul is acknowledging their generosity and acknowledging their, con uh, their kindness. And he mentions that they gave several times. Look at verse number 17. Not because I desire a gift. Now, I do. My birthday's in 10 days. I, I want gifts. Now, I'm, I'm just playing with you. But uh, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. This is interesting. This is interesting. Paul is saying, look, it's not that I want a gift from you. He's saying what I want is for you to get the blessing that comes from giving. Paul would have been fine. He just said a moment ago, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. 
I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to be full. I know what it is to have a, a, to abound or suffer need. I know what it is to be imprisoned. I know what it is to be free. I know what it is to suffer in my body. I've gone through all of that. I've, I've hurt. I've suffered. It's not that I need the gift. But boy, I want you to learn the lesson that when you give to God, God just gives so much more right back to you. That's what he's wanting, and I love that. As a pastor, I can completely relate to that. Verse 18, but I have, here's what he said, I have all, I abound, I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. So remember in, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, there was a man by the name of Epaphroditus who they sent to bring things to Paul. He got real sick, Paul sent him home, and he made it, he said, receive him, and he said, hey, I've received all of that, I am good, thank you so much for what you gave, and then he says, hey, by the way, God sees your sacrificial gift. Verse number 18, uh, it says, there were sent from you a odor, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And then he says in verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, hey, you guys took care of me. You gave sacrificially, and you know what? God's going to take care of you. God's going to supply your needs. And so, though it's not the most popular message to preach on when it comes to giving, uh, by the way, there are more things to give than just money. There's jewelry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm talking about time. I'm talking about your time is a gift. You only get so much of it. You know, uh, uh, your energy. And as we get older, there's less and less of it. I've got four energy drainers in my house all the time, my children. Boy, they, they now I, I think what happens is they take it from me and put it into themselves because they have so much energy. I told, I told my daughter yesterday, Zoe, she came back from junior camp and I was so excited. I missed her so much, like crazy. And she came in, and she, we're, we're, you know, talking about all this kind of stuff and everything. And then I, I sat down. It was 7.30, and I sat down on the couch, and she sat down uh, on the love seat over there. And she said, Dad, come here. I said, I think we're going to make a new rule. Dad doesn't get up after 7.30. Dad's on the couch. That's, that's where Dad stays. Dad will roll down the hallway to bed, but that's it. And I got up, and I walked over there, and I learned some new patty cake game, you know, or something. I don't know what I was learning. But uh, I'm amazing at it, whatever it was. But uh, I don't know how I got off of that. But energy, you can give energy, you can give time. There's more things to give. So when we're talking about generosity, generosity, are you a generous person? So let me give you some ways we are supposed to give. And it could be whatever you're giving. Here are some ways biblically we're supposed to give. Number one, we are supposed to give thoughtfully. Give thoughtfully. Say, what do you mean by that? Look at our scripture here. Look at verse 14. Verse 14, notwithstanding ye have done, uh, ye, ye have well done, ye did well, that ye did communicate with my affliction. So affliction means trouble or suffering. And Paul is saying, look, you guys saw that I was suffering and that I had affliction. And he's writing this from prison. And he said, you, you did great. You gave because I was going through something. Look at verse 16. For evil in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. He said, when I had a need, you guys met it. When I was suffering, you guys, you guys gave. So there was a need. But here's what I want you to see about this. They saw the need. They saw the need. 
It wasn't Paul just calling him up, hey, where's my, where's my, uh, uh, where's my money? Where's, what is it when we give, what do we give missionaries? Not a love offering, whatever it is. Where's my deputation money? You know, where's my uh, on the field money? No, they heard about Paul. They heard that he had a need and they said, okay, let's get everybody together. Our brother Paul, who started this church, our brother Paul is in need. He's suffering. We got to do something. All right, who can give? What can you give? How can we be a blessing? That's the type they had. That's thoughtful. That's good giving. They saw a need, they saw the affliction, and they did something about it. And by the way, verse 19 again tells us Paul took it because he wanted them to be blessed. Verse 17. He took it because he wanted them to be blessed. But I want to ask you this morning, are your eyes open to the needs of others? We are so trained to only think about our needs. Our needs. Most of the time, we're not worried about where the next meal is going to come from. Most of the time, we're not worried about where we're going to sleep at night. we got a roof over our heads. Most of the time, we're not worried about what clothing. Our worry is, which, does this outfit match? Which tie would be better? I brought three ties with me to church this morning. You know, you know, that's our problem is, is which one? For some people, it's, am I going to eat? For some people, it's, am I going to have shelter? For some people, it's, am I going to be able to clothe myself? My shoes have holes in them. And what I'm saying is, as Christians, and, and God bless us as Americans sometimes, we forget that 92% of the world is suffering. No food, no water in some places, no clothing. And we worry about our iPhone being a year old. There's a glitch. I'm going through a trial, Pastor. Pray for me. I got to switch. Got to switch from a, a an Android to an iPhone. You know, and, and I'm just teasing with some of that. But what I'm trying to say is, are our eyes open? Are our eyes open? What do you think when you drive by these homeless encampments down here on the 710? What do you think? Is it, ugh, man, it's just disgusting. Look at they're doing our city, or is it? I wonder how they got there. I wonder what we could do. By the way, we're working on a ministry right now to the homeless in our city putting plans in place right now. I already asked somebody to be in charge of it. And we're working on it right now. That's one of the things we're going to talk about in August when we get there. Is we're, 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 I want to do more things for people in need in our city. What is our church here to do if we're not helping people in need? What are we doing? Our eyes open. And again, there's more to give than just money. You know, it's so funny. We are so conditioned to eye suspiciously anybody who asks us for money or help. You get out of the, you get out of the car at the gas station and if you're if you're like if you've been initiated, you're like, where are they? They're coming for me, you know. But sometimes people come, excuse me, sir, can, and we're like, hey, 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 get back, get back. Where's my wallet? We're so conditioned to be like, stay away from my money, you know. Sometimes, but what needs could we meet? Are we on the lookout? Are we thinking that way? I read a story about Marquis de Lafayette, who was an, a French officer who provided invaluable assistance to George Washington. By the way, I got my notes, all right? So we're good. All right, but uh, thank you, my wife, and to also Josh Weldon. But, uh, uh, but after the war, after he helped General Washington, and, and this is why I wanted my notes for these illustrations, and uh, he, he gave assistance to George Washington and an American army. After the war, he returned to France. Lafayette returned to France, and you may know that name, his famous name, and he resumed his life of a farmer. He had multiple estates, multiple estates in France, and he, and he resumed his life as a farmer. In 1783, the harvest that year was terrible. 
It was a terrible harvest, and, and there were so many who suffered as a result of that. And, and Lafayette's farms were unaffected by the devastating crop failures. His, his many farms didn't suffer, but so many other people did. And one of his workers offered what seemed to be good advice and came up to Lafayette and said, the bad harvest has raised the price of wheat. This is the time to sell. This is the time to sell. I mean, everybody's suffering, and, and so because there's not a good harvest, and we have wheat supply and demand, this is the time to sell. But the good man, Lafayette, did not agree. He thought about the hungry people suffering in the villages, and he said, no, this is the time to give. This is the time to give. And a man who had a lot gave to those who did not. As Christians, we got a lot. As Americans, we got a lot. We ought to be giving. We ought to be generous to people. It's missionaries. Hey, when a missionary comes to church, why don't you, if you can, if you can, if you're able, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put pressure on you to do something, but if you're able to, why not grab a $20 bill out of your pocket and shake their hand? Do that secretive handshake. Hey, brother, how you doing? And you know how you slip the money in their hand? You haven't learned that yet? You got to learn that. And when you see someone come in, a missionary, someone going to a foreign country that you don't want to go to, how about we do that? I love it when our church people give anonymously. I don't know who gives, and I don't want to know. But sometimes, you know, I'll hear such and such came in for the bus ministry. We just started raising money for a new bus. Somebody, I think, donated $15,000. Anonymous. And a couple people donate thousands of dollars. And I, and I don't know everything, and I want to know. Because why? Because God sees that. I'm not... I'm not telling you that. Most people can't do something like that, and I'm not telling you that's what you ought to do. But God laid it upon somebody's heart to do that. And if God tells you to give 15 cents, and that's what he expects you to give, and you give that, God's just as happy as the person who gave 15,000. You need to know that. You need to understand that, okay? And I want my hands clean. That's why I don't want to know anything. I don't ever want to be jaded in why I'm preaching or anything like that. But I love when people give anonymously. I think it's a great thing because it shows you're not all about, hey, look at me. Look what I gave. This is now, you know, Gethsemane Reynolds Baptist Church because I gave money. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that, okay? We ought to give thoughtfully. That's my longest point, okay? I won't, won't preach the rest of the points that long. Secondly, we ought to give it joyfully. Joyfully. When you figure it out, let me just help you with this. When you figure this out, and I did not know this for a long time, you will enjoy giving so much. When you figure out how fun it is and how there is no way possible for you to outgive God, when you figure that thing out, it is so fun. Someone, uh, oftentimes, many times, you know, someone will come up to me or, or visit or whatever and they'll put uh, something in my hand, some money or something. And I'm always grateful, but I always look at it. Or even before I even know what it is, I'll put it in my pocket or something, and I'll say, okay, God, who's that for? Who do you want me to pass that to? And sometimes it's, it's okay for me to keep it, all right, and, and go buy that new guitar that I wanted so bad. But uh, no, but, uh, but, but man, I, I want to have the mentality of, of just a channel so that when God gives something to me, I'm just doing this. You think about those aid workers, you know, that, that roll up in the van and they're taking and they have like this line. They're just forming and, and passing down medical supplies and passing down water. And I just think of myself like that. Like, I'm just, God's given me something I need to give it. And God, I said, uh, we've heard this many times, but God will give through you so many things that he will not give to you. And when you are willing to take it from God and pass it on and it doesn't full stop with you, 
God can trust you. And by the way, there's just so many times in there that the blessing just stays in your life. I want to encourage you, just try to outgive God. Just try. You see somebody in need and you want to help them at the, at the bus stop or somewhere else and it's sacrificial and you're giving, just try to outgive God. You cannot do it. He's richer than you. Absolutely. And, and try not to have joy, too, because you just won't be able to help it. It's a law in Scripture. Acts 20, 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring, ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, the Bible says, every man as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. As he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And I tell you, I've given to people before, and I have not been happy about it. I'll be honest with you. I remember my, 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 when my wife and I first moved here, and, uh, you know, we were, we were struggling financially, and uh, we, were, we went to the Chevron right down here. Where are we? Right down there by the uh, 710 on Cherry, right over there by the 710. I think it's a Chevron station. I remember we were going, we lived in La Palma when we first moved here. And so we, we had to drive out there to our apartment, and we pulled up late at night after a teen activity. And man, just had a, I didn't have much to put into the tank at all, but I had to get home. And I remember pulling up and getting out, and I wasn't in a good mood, you know, just long day, teen activity, all this stuff. And, uh, and I'm putting gas in our car, and I see someone walking over. Excuse me, sir. You know, just one of these, and I, I'm just telling you, I did. And he comes over and he said, excuse me, I'm trying to get to some city somewhere. And he said, uh, could, could you help me out? And I was like, and he said, just, I have a gas can. If you could put any gas in, it would be great. Now, here's, here's, here's one thing. Sometimes we question people's motives. I've had people say, I need $2.79. I'm like, why? Because I want to get a beer. And I'm like, well, I can't biblically do that, you know, Cause, and you know, like, they had that in mind. But some people, you know, when we always think that way, you're just going to buy drugs with it, you know. And sometimes we have that wrong mentality. Um, some, some, maybe, is it just me? Okay, all right. But anyway, um, you, you know, I, I've had that skepticism before. I've had that. And I don't want to buy, I'm not, not going to buy people alcohol. I've flat out told people, you know, I'll go in here and I'll buy you food. I've bought meals for people. I've bought drinks for people. I've given people money that, you know, different things like that. And, and I'll help when I can, but I will not put a bottle to somebody's mouth. I will not buy drugs for somebody. I won't do that. That is not, that's not helping. And uh, this guy came up, and he had his gas can, though. And I knew, like, he's not taking that gas and selling it back and going to go buy some drugs with it. You know, he literally had a good intention with it. And I got to tell you, I said, all right, put it on the ground. And I'm putting the gas in. I'm like looking at the dollars, $1, $2, $3. Is this good? $5. Is that good? Can, can we go? He said, sir, thank you so much. That's great. That's, that's perfect. Thank you so much. And he walked away. And I got in the car, and the Holy Spirit was like, tch, 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 you know, just giving me such a hard time. Like, how in the world do you think that was pleasing to God? You gave so grudgefully. Didn't give the guy a track. You'd be ashamed to give that guy uh, an invitation to church right now. And I mean, the Holy Spirit just worked. I mean, the Holy Spirit and my wife, okay? And uh, I, think she, I think she played the Holy Spirit there for a little while, a little bit. She does a good job with it. But, but uh, I tell you, but it was such a good lesson for me because I needed to hear that God loves a cheerful giver. I read the story about a mom who gave her daughter a, gave her daughter a quarter and a dollar for church. She's trying to teach her a moral lesson, and she said, put whichever one you want in the offering plate and keep the other. 
So she gave her a dollar and a quarter. After church, she said, well, what did you give? And the daughter said, well, I was going to give the dollar. But just before the offering, the pastor stood up and said that we should be cheerful givers. And I knew I'd be a lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter. (laughs) You know, people who love to give are usually the ones who've realized how much they've been given. I want to say thirdly here. uh, So we ought to be giving thoughtfully and, and joyfully, but we should be giving faithfully. Faithfully. Be giving faithfully. Look at verse 16 again here. It says, even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. So they gave when no one else did, and they gave often. But look at verse 14. It says, uh, ye did communicate with my affliction. And then it says there also, verse 15, at the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia. You know what he's saying there? He's saying in verse 14, you were giving to me when I was in prison, and you started giving to me as soon as I left. That's faithful giving. He said, you've been with me from the start till now. You have been giving faithfully. You're the only ones. I believe we should be generous as often as we can. As often as we can. We, we can't have the spirit of, well, I gave to missions last year. You know, we, we, we should be generous as much as we can. We should be looking to meet people's needs. That's what we're here for. Looking, and some of you, I mean, and, and, and God bless you. You're living paycheck to paycheck, and you've got the budget every week, which you all should have a budget, right? But you, and every week you're going over it, and you're, you're, you're checking it carefully, and some people have more means than that, and you're able to do more. But I, I want to just say we ought to be generous no matter what stage of life we're in. Give faithfully. And sometimes that means stepping out on faith in order to give. But I will tell you, every time you step on faith to give, you'll find the solid rock right there to support you. Every single time you do that. You, look, you say, well, I can't figure out the numbers. The numbers don't add up. God is better at math than you. God can figure out the numbers. He's better at money management. There was a man in our church years ago that when we first got here, again, struggling financially, uh, about once a month, and some of the staff knows this because uh, he did it to them too, about once a month he'd come up and give us a little envelope. $50 in it, $50 in it, and I, I know some, some other folks in here know, know who it is, know who I'm talking about there, uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he would come up and about once a month, and you know, as, as humans, we're like, we're not going to expect it, but we're really going to hope it happens, you know, and we needed it, we're like, boy, that would really help us, and every single month, that man would come up and, and put an offering, in hand, and I'd see he had other envelopes in his hand, too to give to other people. And I just, yeah, it helped so much that somebody just faithfully said, I know you have a need. I know you have a need. I think we ought to give, and I'm almost done, we ought to give not only faithfully, we ought to give sacrificially. Sacrificially. That kind of hurts to say. But I want you to look at a couple verses here. We'll move on. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need. What's that mean? That means that the people of Philippi had needs too. But they were still giving. But they had needs, but they were still giving. They were giving sacrificially. Look at verse 18. But I have all abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things that are sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. What's that talking about, the odor of a sweet smell? That's referring to the incense that they would burn in the temple in the Old Testament when they would have a sacrifice. They would also have the incense burning. It's referring to a sacrifice, and it's not just talking about a sacrifice. The language of this is saying that giving can be a form of worship, a form of worship. 
when you give, you should view it as giving to God. Because when you do, you'll give faithfully, you'll give sacrificially, because your trust is in him. When you view uh, giving to missionaries as just giving to humans, you may hold some things back. But when you view as I'm doing this, I see your face, but I'm doing it for God. That's the right way. That's the right way. That's what pleases God. Heard the story of a father, kind of similar to the past story, but just a different punchline, so I like it. But the father gave his son $2, $2 bills. And he said, do anything you want with one, but the other one is God's. And that young boy went out and he ran to the candy store. And as he, as he was running, he tripped and fell and he lost one of the dollars down into a storm drain. He said, well, Lord, there goes your dollar. And that's sometimes how we feel. Well, you know, the bill came up. For, man, I forgot that, uh, forgot that Verizon bill was due this year, this week. I forgot that car payment was due, or whatever it is. And so, oh, sorry, Lord, there goes your money. Oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Sir Henry Taylor said, he who gives what he would readily throw away gives without generosity. For the essence of generosity is in self-sacrifice. Take your Bible, go back one book to Ephesians. I've got a couple minutes here. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, just the book right before Philippians. You say, well, why should we give sacrificially? Why should I sacrifice myself to give things and, and, and my, my, uh, my self-comfort and all of that to, to, to sacrifice for God? Look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God. In other words, do what he did as dear children. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So God is not asking you to do anything that he did not already do in spades. He gave, Jesus gave his whole life for us as a sacrifice. So nothing he asks of us is too much. Because he did not hold anything back. So I wonder what God's asking us to give today. And again, maybe, it, maybe some special fun comes up. Maybe it's money that you see somebody uh, going through a need and you walk up and you just place uh, uh, money in their hand or something like that. Whatever it may be. And, uh, and I've seen my wife be generous. Uh, just the past, uh, I won't tell you the whole story because I don't want to rob of blessings. But, but I, I saw her be generous to some people at, at, at a store. And just walk over and be incredibly generous. I've seen people in our church be generous. And, and, and whatever, whatever the, if you see a need and God's working you, obey that impulse. Obey God. If God is saying, hey, there's, we need you to put time in here. And that's the sacrifice for you because time is valuable. If it's energy, if it's service, whatever it is, be willing to be generous. And lastly, I want us to look at two verses here and we're on the last point. We said at the first, be thought, be, uh, give thoughtfully, look for needs, be on the lookout, give joyfully, give faithfully, give sacrificially. And here's the last thought, when you do that, when we do give in that way, I want to tell you, God gives bountifully. God gives bountifully. When you give sacrificially, and when you give joyfully, and when you give faithfully, and when you give thoughtfully, God gives. And God is a better gift giver than me and you. And God loves to bless his children. Absolutely. Verse 17, look at it. Uh, chapter Ephesians, if you're ba uh, back in Philippians, I'm sorry. Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. 
Not because I desire a gift, but I desire, and, and, and I want to say this as a kind of a side point here. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Fruit that may abound to your account. You know, how God is so good. Because what Paul is saying here is by giving to me and supporting the ministry that I'm doing, you are participants of what I do. And that means the fruit that he gets is their fruit too. The blessings that he produces, the blessings he will reap will be theirs too because they participated. Were they there? Did they go with Paul and, and help start the church? No, but they participated and allowed him to go. We have missionaries come here all the time and say, hey, because you gave, you have rewards in heaven, you have a part in this, and they're absolutely right. Absolutely right. God is so good. He doesn't say we have to do all the work. We just have to be willing to partner with those who are doing the work in places where we cannot. And then God gives the rewards. Look at verse 19, and I'm drawing to a close for the fourth time. Verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now notice it didn't say all your want. I gave to the church and I don't have the Ferrari. Where's my wants? No, but it'll take care of your needs. Take care of your needs. The Philippians gave in a way that pleased God, and so God is giving back to them. When you give to others, God gives to you. That's how it works. When you meet others' needs, God meets your needs. God meets your needs. Now, I didn't say that you're going to become rich, but in fact, you will be rich, just not in the way you think. Not in the way you think. Luke 6, 38, I, I close for the fifth time. The Bible is closed. You see this, though? This is encouraging. That means only 15 more minutes. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I want to read you two verses, and we'll pray. By the way, we're early in time today. I'm just, I'm just messing around with you about some of that. Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you. Did you see that? That's not, there's no qualifiers. God just says, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it should be measured to you again. If you give generously, God gives generously back to you. And it comes in ways that you don't expect. So you got to keep your eyes open. It comes in ways that when the car breaks down and the, and the mechanic comes out and says, Hey, normally this is like $1,000, but I have the part here. I never have it, but it's here. 50 bucks. And you're like, wow, what a coincidence. Man, I'm lucky. I ought to play the lottery. No. You have a heavenly father that's saying, weak, I see what you did. And I'm taking care of my kid because he takes care of others. She takes care of others. God does that. So however you measure it out to people, God says, I'll measure it back to you again. So some of you are like, I never get anything. Do you ever give anything? You ever meet people's needs? You ever see someone and help them? Sacrificially. God gives bountifully. And the last verse is Malachi 3.10. Listen to this promise. Bring ye all the tithes, so we're talking about tithes, into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And, and, and that's what God is saying, is that we tithe so the lights stay on and things like that. And prove me now. God says to prove him herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Open them up, Lord. 
Please. Oh, wait, I got to do something first. I got to be giving. You cannot outgive God. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm so thankful that our church is a generous church. And I cannot tell you how many times in the almost, in, in, in August, it'll be six years since I became senior pastor. In those six years, I cannot tell you how many times I've stood in the pulpit and just said, hey, we've got a need here, folks. This person has a need. This missionary has a need. We're raising money for this. And without fail, this church has been generous, has been generous every time. And I want to say, thank you. As Paul commended the Philippians, thank you. But let's not stop that. And it's not because I desire a gift. I want God's fruit in our lives because of giving. So this week as you go out, will you decide to have a generous eye? Will you decide to look and say, who can I be a blessing to? And instead of when God gives you, ha you're going to hoard it, maybe say, God, is there somebody else who needs this more than me? Is there somebody else you want to have this? I believe God will never let you outgive him. Let's be faithful. Let's meet needs because God will meet our needs. Our Father, I pray you'd help us today to be generous. Lord, help us to be generous. What a great challenge from the book of Philippians.